Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Well, we are in a new series this month, and as you know, We always start off with a series, and sometimes the Holy Spirit disrupts our series and does something else. But we have to be those who are flexible and willing to change. You know, Abraham, the Lord told him, go and sacrifice your son. But then when he got to the point of sacrificing him, he sent an angel and said, Abraham, don't do it. Aren't you glad that Abraham listened to the voice of God? Sometimes God shifts your plans. So we start off with the mind of God, what he wants to say, do. Uh, uh, and release. And, and so we're going to start off this series anyway, this month, Limitless Life. Limitless Life. Amen. God wants you to live a limitless life. He wants you to take the limits off. You know, the thing is, is that we put limits on ourselves, but God is limitless. He is. I, I'm glad one person agrees with me. I said, God is limitless. He is limitless. There are no limits on him. He is creator God. That is one of the revelations that many of the prophets are saying that he wants to release once again to the body of Christ. Creator God. There's actually one scripture in the Greek, you know, says if ask anything in my name and I'll do it. But one of the Greek uh, extrapolations is if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. He can make anything. There are no limits. You are not limited by what is in your pocket. You are not limited by your education. Listen, I never finished college. And I became an editor, the editor of the largest Christian magazine in the world. And the requirement was a college education. The requirement was a college education. But I took the limits off God. And when they said, well, do you have a college education? I said, no, but I got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Bible says I've been stuck in, listen, I've been stuck in Proverbs 3 all week. I just can't get out of it. And it talks about the, how valuable wisdom is and how the, it's, it's more preferred than gold and riches and rubies. And when we have wisdom, none of these other limitations matter because God can show you through that wisdom how to supersede what the world would put on you as a limit. So we must be those who press past what the enemy, the cap, the lid that he has put on our life. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the enemy comes but for to kill, steal, and destroy. That is his agenda. But God said, Jesus said, I came to give you life in abundance to the full until it overflows. That is limitless. He is a limitless God. So Father, today I thank you in the name of Jesus that you help us, Lord, to refocus ourselves on you as the God of the impossible, the God who has no limits, the God who is not imposing 
worldly limits upon us. The God who can do for us what he's promised to do for us. The God of the yes and the amen. We thank you, Lord, that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what you're doing in this season and in this month in Jesus' name. Look, many of you are in a Kairos time. It's a, it's a time of crossover. And that's a word that's been very popular among prophets in these last couple of months, the crossover. Jonathan Stidham was, was prophesying the crossover. Up in Atlanta, Apostle Buddy Crumb just had the, the crossover. You know, we're all, cause we just crossed over. But some of you, listen, some of you crossed over chronologically into a new year, but you didn't cross over mentally into a new year. In other words, some of you are still carrying some of the old pains, the old hurts, the old expectations. You're living out of a place of history, rather out of a place of being future-minded. And we've got to change that. We've got to begin to dream with God again. We're in a Kairos moment. We're in a beginning of a new year. It's a fresh start. We don't need to be paralyzed with the thoughts of the past anymore. I want to read you a prophetic word that the Lord shared with me. And you can take this for yourself. He says, I'm marking you with my glory. I am changing you from the inside out. It's time to embark on a new season of chasing me. (laughs) You will be more effective. You will be more efficient. You will do more with less. You can't see it. It's hard for you to believe it, says God, but I am the author of it. And he says, take the limits off. Take the lid off. You know, when baby elephants are trained in the circus, they take this little sweet baby elephant and they put a rope, a chain around his little leg and they tie it to a stake. And the 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 chain, the rope, it's only about, I don't know, five feet long, 10 feet long. So they can only go this far in one direction and this far in one direction and this far in one direction and this far in one direction. And so they're boxed in, they're limited. This is the extent of their journey. But then when they get a little older, it's not convenient to leave them tied up. They've got to put them now in the circus. So they take the chain off. But those little, those elephants have been trained only to go this far and only to go this far and only to, and this is what the enemy has done with many of us by history, by past experiences, by past bondages, by past expectations, by past disappointments. We have been trained by the world and by the enemy to only go so far to get right to the edge of something new and then stop because of fear. I have decided that this year, and really I decided it last year, but in this year, a bigger way, there are no limits. Nothing is impossible with God. If I am in God's will, there are no limits for me. And I have eradicated fear from the equation. I used to describe myself as risk averse. I didn't want to spend too much or go too far or hire too many people. I had a very successful media business for over 25 years before I transitioned to the full-time ministry. Now, ironically, the Lord has me opening new media businesses also. But I had a very successful media business, but I, I could, I'm looking back on it now. How many of you know hindsight's 2020? I'm looking back on it now and I'm saying that could have been one of the biggest writing bureaus of the last several decades, but I was too risk averse. I was a single mother. I had come from a place of having been on food stamps after my husband left. And so I was operating out of this lack mentality. Even though I was making $250,000, $300,000 a year, I was still operating out of a lack mentality. How many of you know that you can come out of poverty, but sometimes the poverty is still in you? 
You can come out of a bad relationship, but sometimes that pain is still in you. And these things limit us. And so I was very risk averse. But just this past, this past several weeks, I've hired about five people and different vendors and different companies to build this new media business. And this time around, I'm going to do it all God's way. I'm not going to let the devil limit me because of my past. Amen. I'm not just going to walk this far. I'm going to take a leap of faith. See, they call it a leap for a reason. It's not a step. We walk by, we walk, you know, by faith one day at a time, but there's a leap of faith. The leap is bigger than a step. We've got to go beyond our comfort zone. Somebody slap your neighbor and say, we got to get out of our comfort zone. We got to stop putting God in a box. He said, take the limits off, take the lid off. He said, I am opening new doors for you. It's not just about favor. I'm shifting you from favor to open heavens. He said, you will not strive, but you will not lack. He was dealing with that lack thing. I have gone before you to make a way for you. The divine connections are right around the corner, says God. They're just ahead. You will see them and you will know them. And then the Lord said something I really, 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 really liked. He said, I am indeed giving you double for your trouble. And then he said this, I will put in your hands as much as you can believe me for. Think about that. Think about that. This is Bible. He'll, he'll put in your hands as much as you'll believe him for, as much as you're faithful and stewarding. He said, I'll put in your hands as much as you'll believe me for. We can either believe him for a little or we can believe him for a lot. And listen, beloved, I would rather believe him for a whole lot and get half of it than believe him for just a little bit and get all of it. It's time to take the limits off. He said, I'll put in your hands as much as you can believe me for. And then he asked me a question. How much can you believe me for? And I really had to think, how much can I believe him for? And this building here is part of how much I can believe him for. And this is just the beginning. Amen. Because we were stuck in that place for six years. And when this opened up, I'll be honest with you, our budget, listen to me, our budget went from about $8,000 a month to $40,000 a month. That's more than four times. Somebody said that's more than four times. I'm not good at math, but that's more than four times. It went from about $8,000. That's five times. That's good, John. That's why he's the marketplace apostle. It went five, it five, it went five times over. And I'll be honest with you. The tithes and offerings that come in and are on Sunday don't cover it. They don't cover it. Actually, listen to this. Our tithes and offerings now are lower than they were at the little junk house back in Dania. Makes no sense. But every month, somehow, God pays it. I don't know how. It's people sewing online, you know, people, partners that we have in the ministry. And, but see, when you set your heart to believe God, when he says, do this, and you take that leap of faith, and you do it, he's obligated to pay for it. He's obligated to resource it. He's obligated to give you the wisdom to navigate it because he told you to do it. When he told the disciples to go to the other side and there was a storm that arose in the middle, he was obligated to deliver them out of that storm because he's the one that told them to go to the other side. They were in his perfect will. So you need to press in this year to discern what is God's will for my life and then don't let yourself talk yourself out of it. 
Because that's what we do. We hear God. We get excited. We become very confident until we wake up the next morning and the fears and the trembling and the all the doubts and the worries and the concerns and the what ifs begin to enter into our mind. And we've got to let all these things go. We've got to break the limits and live the limitless life. God said, dream wild, dream big dreams, dream wild dreams, dream with me and I will dream with you. And I decided to start dreaming with God. I decided to start taking the limits off. And it took me really the process of about two years to fully shake free. And part of that was because there was a lot of conflict and a lot of drama that was uninvited and unwelcomed. It was the the enemy just stirring the pot, trying to keep me in those old patterns. See, when you begin to try to break out of an old limitation, the enemy will always try to reinforce that limitation by bringing another person that acts just the same as the last one or by bringing another financial attack that's very close to the last one or whatever it is that's repetitive in your life, that demonic cycle, that vicious circle that just keeps you spinning in the wrong direction. So it took me about two full years to really, really, really break through some of the limitations that were really... We have to say self-imposed because we have to take responsibility for our life. We can't blame it all on the devil or other people. We are responsible. So I decided to take God up on his dreams. And today, you know, I'm living a limitless life. I truly am. But it wasn't always that way. Uh, many of you have heard my testimony, so I won't go too far into it. But I'll tell you that when I, when my daughter was two years old, my husband decided to get up and leave. He had a midlife crisis at the age of 30. And he went off to uh, South America somewhere and married a girl about half of his age and started a new family and left me behind to take care of all the IRS bills and all the credit card debt that he rolled, that he, you know, incurred. And so I was heavily indebted. I was heavily oppressed. I was heavily hurt and wounded. I was heavily a lot of things and none of it was God. And then shortly after that, I was falsely accused of a crime I didn't commit and I was taken off to jail actually in shackles, head to uh, front and, and bottom, shackles, hardened criminal like me, shackles because of the accusation. And I was in there, you know, for 40 days. The Lord said, I'll deliver you in 40 days. And he did. I got saved there in that jail. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Praise God. That was a long, long time ago. But I got saved there in the jail. And when I did, my biggest dream was just to write for Jesus. Because I was a secular news writer. And I just wanted to use my gifts and talents for the Lord. How many of you want to use your gifts and talents for the Lord? Amen. Good five of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I didn't have any word in me, so I couldn't really do anything for the Lord. But about a year after I got saved, I landed at a church, and they saw the gift of God in me, and they started an international magazine of which I was editor. They started an international TV show of which I was the producer. They started a lot of media things of which I oversaw, creating documentaries and all these things. Little did I know that at the time, the concept of being faithful in a man, one man's work, you know, before he'll get, I didn't know that God was setting me up to do all this for myself. Well, really for him. But today, you know, I I was editor of the largest magazine. I've got bestseller book after bestseller book after bestseller book. I've got four. I'm not bragging. I'm bragging on the Lord. But I've got four books right now that are in the top 35 on Amazon. It's the craziest thing. It's just the favor of God. It's just because I decided to be foolish enough to believe him to write books when everyone was telling me no one's going to publish you. To continue to write and to share my messages, even when everyone said, you'll never get a book deal. 
Little did I know that one day I will have book deals with five major publishers at the same time, all pursuing me. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm bragging on the Lord. This was a process of taking the limits off and he's no respecter of persons. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. Some of you have dreams. It's probably not to write. It may be. Some of you have dreams to have a, a, a house, two half, two and a half kids, a dog and a white picket fence. Take the limits off. Take the lid off. You may have been in a bad relationship when you were younger. Guess what? There's a do over for you. Divorce is not the end of the world. Yes, God hates divorce, but sometimes it ain't your fault. Sometimes somebody runs off and that's not your fault. That doesn't mean you have to stay by yourself for the rest of your life, feeling sorry for yourself and hating God and hating, ah, we've got to take these limits off. And this is what I've been in the process of doing. And it does take a while. You're not going to just hear this one message and all of a sudden all your limits are going to be broken off. But I'm planting seeds on the inside of you by the word of God. Even now, I told you when my husband left, he left me in mountains and mountains and mountains of debt. My biggest dream at the time was just to get through dinner without the debt collectors calling me. Some of you, that's your biggest dream right now. I see it on your faces. Getting those threatening phone calls, those robo calls over and over and over. That was my biggest dream. I just wanted, I just wanted to own my own home. I just wanted to buy my own condo. Everybody was investing. I wanted my own house. They say it's the American dream, right? And I couldn't because my credit was utterly destroyed. It was 500. I couldn't. I was bound by the limitations of the world, but God, I said, but God. Somehow, some way, all that got cleaned up in a matter of just a few months, enough for me to get my first house and then my second and then my third. And today I own five properties and 23 acres of land, absolutely debt free. I said, I have no debt. I said, I don't owe nobody nothing except but to love them. And God will do the same thing for you. He's no respecter of persons, but you've got to take the limit off. I didn't do that through what my paycheck said I had. I didn't do that through my my hard work alone i did it through yes hard work grace favor stewardship and miracles but when we begin to look at our bank accounts as if they are the end of all they are the dictator of our life when we can sow how much to give where to go should i support this missionary should i go on a mission we go and we ask our bank account and our bank account says no way not happening and we've got to remove those limits. We've got to stop looking to BB&T and Chase Bank and Citibank and whatever credit card limit and take the limits off because God's credit card, the honey, has no limits. I said, he's got an open check written over your life. And if you'll just learn how to extend your faith and grab hold and pull it down because everything in the kingdom, we obtain it by faith faith is the currency of the kingdom if you'll just take the limits off of god you can walk in debt freedom this you can walk in your dream i'm not saying that's the end of the warfare I'm, the devil doesn't roll over and say well jennifer would you like to go to cambodia next year oh jesus who just who's been praying that i would go to cambodia I guess I'll be going to Cambodia. That was God prophesying through me. All right. Well, you hear it out there in online land, Cambodia. If you're out there, I'm coming to you. Hallelujah. I never dreamed of any of these things, but God did. God did. Isaiah 55 verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We have to understand that 
His plan for your life is better than your plan. The Bible says in Proverbs, many are the plans in a man's mind, but the Lord's plans are what stands. And so sometimes the Lord does not give us the answers to our prayers. Sometimes the Lord does not make some of our dreams come true because we're just dreaming low-level dreams. And his dream for us is so much greater than that. that He's waiting for us to grow in faith. He's waiting for us to pray the right prayers that he actually wants to answer. Some people are praying for a husband and they or a wife and they say, this is the one. I know this is the one. This is the one. And it never happens. And thank God because it wasn't the one. It wasn't the one. And it's like that with anything. Oh, I want this job. I want this job. This is the job. And God doesn't give you the job. I have learned over the last 20 years, especially I have learned not to get upset when certain things don't work out. Because I know that I know that I know that it either wasn't God's best for me or God is absolutely protecting me from something that I can't see. So I don't limit God and I don't put God in a box and I don't tell God what he has to do for me. I ask him, God, what can I do for you? Because when I find out what he wants me to do and I walk in that will, I will run into everything else he has for me. If I am walking in the path of God's will, I have to run into everything else he wants for me. I have to run into the blessing. I'm going to run into some warfare. I'm going to run into some resistance, but I've got to run into the provision. If I'm walking down the path of his will, I've got to walk into the healing. I've got to walk into the deliverance. I've got to walk into the divine appointments. As I'm walking on the pathway to his will, I've got to walk into everything else he has for me, but I've got to stop trying to make it happen my way, in my time, according to my paradigm, in my perspective, my history, the way I think it should be, I've got to take the limits not just off my mind, I've got to take the limits off how God does it. Because when we pray, we pray, and it's almost like sometimes we tell God how to, well, God, you, you know, I just, God, I just want you to, to just grab hold of them, Lord, and, and just, just, just give them a word in due season, God. I just, I just want you to tell them just to stop giving me a hard time, God. I just want you, how do you know God's not letting them give you a hard time? Because you got some rough edges that need to get rubbed off. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. How do you know that you don't have some prickly edges and God's just trying to get you to show a little fruit? To walk in the Sermon on the Mount. So we like to pray and tell God how to do a thing. And then we're limiting God. And that's worse than limiting ourselves. Because God can find a way to break the limits off you. But until you decide to break your own limits off God, you're not going to pray right. Somebody say amen. You're not going to pray right. Because we like to tell God how to do it. As if we're God. (laughs) But God has this thing about himself. See, he thinks he's God. Because he is. But sometimes we like to play God. We like to be Holy Ghost Junior. We've got to take the limits off. Nobel Prize winner George Bernard Shaw once said, You see things and say why. But I dream things that never were, and I say, why not? Why not? Why not you? Why can't you be the first person in your family to finish college? Why can't you have a baby even though you're 40-something? Why can't you love again? Why can't you get that career promotion that you're way down the line for. Why not? Why not you? With the favor of God and the wisdom of God, there's nothing that can stop you. Oh, I wish somebody would help me today. I wish somebody would help me today. You'll get as much out of this as you pull out of it. Abraham. Abraham's dream was to have an heir, but his wife was barren. 
His wife was bare. Now, I looked at that Hebrew word bare, and I learned this from Dutch sheets to really study the Hebrew words because there's so much more meaning in these Hebrew words than what is on the surface. It's so deep. There's so much there. It can mean so much more than how the Bible translators translate it. So I've learned from Dutch Sheets and how he studies word. He'll get a whole 10-point sermon out of one Hebrew word. I'm like, wow, it's life-changing. So I said, I'm going to look up this word barren because I know there's got to be something there. His wife was barren. Sarai was barren. And so I looked up this word in Hebrew for the word barren. And guess what it means? It just means barren. That's all it means. It doesn't mean anything else but that. That's, that's it. That's all it means. It just means barren. It just means sterile. But now the, the dictionary definition is unproductive, fruitless, unprofitable, empty, mentally dull, and stupid. See, the devil doesn't want you to produce anything. He wants to make you afraid that you will fail. That is one of the biggest fears that we have as human beings is that we will fail, that we will fall, that we'll be embarrassed, that we'll lose our friends, that people will persecute us is fear, 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 fear. The enemy wants to make you look stupid and he wants to make you too afraid to step out and do what God calls you to do because you might look stupid. When I first started doing videos on YouTube, it, I did them in my house. I still do a lot of them in my house and I was nervous and there's not even anybody there. I'm in my house and I'm like breaking a sweat. I'm like nervous. Nobody's even, it's not even live. And I was nervous, but you know what I had to do? I had to press through that fear. I had to break through a limitation. And now there's nowhere. I said, there's nowhere. How many here, raise your hand. How many here watch my YouTube videos or have seen one? Look at all the hands. Almost everybody in the room. The rest of you are liars. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I literally look almost everybody. Almost everybody here. I don't go anywhere in the entire world where people don't run up to me and say, I watched your videos on YouTube. What if I had not pressed through that fear? It was unreasonable. It was unreasonable. I wasn't under any threat. I wasn't in any danger. I didn't have to even upload it if it wasn't a good video. But I was nervous about it. This was, what, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. But now I've got over a 1,000 videos, and this year I'm going to get one of those special plaques for being like a YouTuber. Amen. They send you the special plaque, you know, for getting so many views. There are certain things that God wants you to do, but you're afraid that it will be barren, that it will not produce, or you're afraid of what someone's going to think of you, how they're going to judge you. And yeah, go look on my YouTube stuff. They call me all kind of names, but I don't bother looking at it because I only care what God says about me. Amen. Hallelujah. Abraham took God up on his offer. Genesis 15, two and six. Abraham's, Abram said, God, because he said he was going to Give him the stars. He, the Lord, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing as I am childless in the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, since you have not given me any children, my heir is a servant born in my house. Verse four. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, the word of the Lord will come to you to break the limits off of you. The word of the Lord came to Abram saying, this man will not be your heir, but a son that is born from your own body will be your heir. He brought him outside. And he said, God said to Abram, look up toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. So will your descendants be. The word of the Lord will always come to break the limits off of your mind. But you've got to receive the word of the Lord. I could just see Abraham going outside saying, 
I'm going to take, I'm going to come and I'm gonna count these stars. I, I can count them. I'm sure I can count them. One, two, three, four, five, 10, 15, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 200, 300, Oh, I got to start over. One, two, three. The point is, you cannot count the stars, nor can you count the blessings of God that are on your life. But we limit Him and we limit the flow of His blessings, not just through fear, but through unbelief. God can't do it through me. People told me, well, you know, you can't preach. You're a woman. Oh, well, you should have told me that a long time ago. It's a little late now. People will tell you all kinds of things, they'll always tell you why you can't. But God, but God, Philippians says, I, I can do some things. So all things, all, is that what it really says? What does all mean? Are you sure it doesn't mean some things? It says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, but we have to believe that we've got to take off the limit. If God says it, we can do it. We've got to be like Abraham and decide to believe him and receive our inheritance. And aren't you glad that Abraham did? Harriet Tubman, she was a woman who escaped slavery and become a leading abolitionist in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. She said, every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars and change the world. And you do. Your life may look barren to you. Maybe 2018 wasn't a good year. It was a very fruitful year for me. It was, it was an amazingly fruitful year for me. Everything I put my hand to prospered. It was amazing. But I decreed and declared those blessings for a lot of years. I was persistent in changing the course of my life because the reality is our lives don't change course overnight. You can get an instantaneous miracle or an instantaneous deliverance, but you've still got to walk it out. You've still got to renew your mind. You've still got to pick your friends better. You've still got to choose to spend your money a little wiser. God can cancel all your debt tomorrow, but if you don't change the way you think, you'll get right back in debt. If you don't change the way you think, you'll get right back in another jacked up relationship. You don't change the way you think. You'll keep hiring wrong employees and causing your business a lot of pain and a lot of drama. Your life may look barren right now. <laughs> but let me read you the scripture. Hannah, she was barren. First Samuel, first, first Samuel 1, verse 10 and 11. And the Bible says, and she was bitter. She was barren and she was bitter. Many people who are bare, they're, un, they're unproductive. They're not seeing things in their life manifest the way that they want. Many times they get mad at God. Many times they get mad at people. Many times they grow bitter instead of getting better, instead of making themselves better. My prayer is, Lord, make me the best and send me the best. Because I know that it all starts with here. Responsibility, it all starts right here. And I know that you can do it. And I know that you're not a victim. And I know that you're not broken because God has created us in his image and he's not broken. And you may have troubles in your souls that you need to deal with. You may have some barrenness in your life that you need to break through, but I know that you can do it. She recognized that she was bitter. If you're bitter, I want you to acknowledge today in your heart that you're bitter because bitter blocks the flow of your blessings. And you might not know you're bitter. You might have to go ask some people in your life. Am I bitter? Because you might not know it. You might know there's something wrong, but you don't know what it is. But let me tell you something. When you're bitter, everybody around you knows it. Look how quiet it got. Are y'all bitter? Are you sure? <laughs> Amen. Are you happy? 
She was bitter and she prayed. That was her response. She was bitter. She was sad. She was grieving. She couldn't have a baby. The other wife of her husband was always giving her a hard time. She had no children. She was bitter, but she prayed. She said, a vow to God, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a baby boy, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. Some of you may be bitter because hope deferred makes the heart sick, but the message version of Proverbs 13, 12 says unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. She got a sudden good break. She gave birth to Samuel and I decree over your life right now for all of you who have been running around seeming like you haven't been making any progress. Yet those of you who have taken hits in your finances and hits in your family and hits in your relationship and you just can't seem to get a break. I decree a sudden breakthrough for you in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough all around. Break out. Break up. Ah, break in God with light and lead us to that place in Jesus name. She got her sudden good break. Huh. Proverbs 29, 18. So you need to get a vision for your life. Proverbs 29, 18 says the only worst thing worse, the only thing worse than being blind. Actually, it says where there is no vision, the people perish. But then Helen Keller said the only, you know who Helen Keller was? She was deaf. She was blind. She was mute. All three. Can you imagine? She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. And this woman got a Harvard degree and created a whole language called Braille. And we want to complain. I mean, can you imagine the limitations of not being able to see, hear, or speak? Now that's a limitation. But she goes down in history as one who made a difference for everyone else like her. Can you imagine? That's the kind of people I want to hang around. That's the kind of person I want to be. I'm not there yet. I've come from a mighty long way. I'm not where I need to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Hallelujah. You can do this. You've got to take the limits off. God wants you to live a limitless night, a limitless life. Amen. I'm going to tell you a story here and then we're going to pray. Disney. Y'all know Disney because we live in Florida. I was tracking with Sean Bowles and he took his kids to, anybody know Sean Bowles? He, he, uh, is endorsing a couple of my books that are coming out. One of them that already came out, but he was, he was uh, t- putting all these pictures on Instagram. And in one of them, he was taking his, he got two little daughters. Did you see that diamonds? He's got these two little daughters and, and they were on this like, like little fast car ride and they were both like ducked and screaming. He goes, we've traumatized our two daughters. <laughs> Disney World. But Disney was a, was a, it was an innovator. He's probably the ultimate dreamer. He said things like, all of our dreams come true if we have the courage to pursue them. He said things like, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. I find it fun. He said things like, if you can dream it, you can do it. Amen. He said, he said things like that. He said, first think, second believe, third dream, and finally dare. And you might think, well, that was easy for him to say. He's Walt Disney. But it wasn't easy for him to say. He set out in the middle of the Great Depression to do something that had never been done before. He set out to create the first full-length animated movie in the world. You may have heard of it. It's called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It was the first, it was an 80-minute cartoon feature. 
And the LA Times was having a field day. He was behind production. He was behind schedule. And they prophesied. Disney said, let me find this quote. They were saying, he'll never make it. He'll never do it. They called it Disney's folly. And here, Disney told this part of the story. Listen to this. He said, it was prophesied that nobody would sit through such a movie. It was prophesied. What are your skeptics prophesying over you? What is the devil prophesying over you? What are you prophesying over yourself? What limitations, what kind of nevers are you prophesying? Well, I'll never be happy. Well, I'll never be debt free. Well, I'll never take the never out of your mouth and put the nevertheless in your mouth. I love it. The disciples had fished all night long and caught nothing. And here comes Jesus, a carpenter, and says, throw your net on the other side of the boat. To these fishermen, it seemed impossible. They were up all night long. They were weary in well-doing. They were going to faint. They were tired. And here comes Jesus, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And he said, we've been up doing this all night. Nevertheless... At your word, Lord. Some of you need to go in to your secret place and seek a word of the Lord and let him tell you something that causes you to say, Lord, I can never do that. And when you hear that response in your heart, when you hear that negativity rise up, instead of saying never, begin to say, nevertheless, Lord, I will do as you say. I will obey your word. I will go after that thing that you put in front of me, that dream that you put inside my heart, because it's God that gives you the desires of your heart. They said they will never do that. No, he prophesied nobody would ever sit through such a thing. And this movie cost over a million dollars to make. And you have to understand, a million dollars in the Great Depression era was a lot more than a million dollars today. Not only that, nobody will ever sit through such a thing, perhaps because nobody had any money. They were in bread lines. Who has money to go to the movies and especially to watch a cartoon? They said, you'll never do it. And he could have given up, but he bet his whole future on it. And the date was at the Carthay Theater, December 21st, 1937. They premiered Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And every great actor from the Hollywood era was there. George Burns was there. Marlena Dietrich was there. Cary Grant was there. Ginger Rogers was there. Charlie Chaplin was there. Shirley Temple was there. All those famous stars from that era went to the premiere. And they sat through the movie. And you remember when Snow White died? And all the dwarves were just freaking out. In that moment, all these grown men, Cary Grant, Charlie Chaplin, George Burns, all these movie stars began to weep and bawl like babies. They cried so hard that they stained the velvet chairs and the upholstery had to be replaced. And in that moment, it was acknowledged even by the media who had cursed him that he had done the impossible. He had created a new genre of movie. And today, this is the norm. Look at all the wonderful movies that Disney stood. Now, I don't agree with all of them, but there are some good Disney movies. 
And as far as the money part of it goes, this movie actually made, if you look at all of it, Snow White's gross revenue of $1.7 billion puts it ahead of Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. The Lord's prophesying to some of you today, you need to let some things go. They're called limits. They're called lids. They're called perceptions. They're called issues from your past that shadow and haunt your future. And I want you to get this today because I want this to be the best year of your life. 2019, I'm believing for it to be the best because last year was one of the worst years of my life. One of the worst years had to be in the top three. But this year, I'm not going to let what last year, what happened, I'm going to learn from decisions I made. I'm going to learn from issues that arose. I'm going to learn. And this year is going to be my best year ever. I decree it in Jesus' name. And this year is going to be your best year ever. I decree it in Jesus' name. And it starts right now. We are going to live a limitless life. We're not going to let the devil push us around anymore and believe all of his lies. I break that in Jesus' name. We're not going to let our bank accounts tell us what we can give. We're not going to let the devil tell us, ah... We're going to break through. We are breaking through in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want to take up our tithes and offerings, and I want to pray for you because I know that some of you came in today feeling discouraged, feeling like you need a new beginning, feeling like through this message, you're like, wait, yeah, there are some limits. And we want to agree with you in prayer. But actually, it's not tithes and offerings I'm taking up. It's the first fruits. And the concept of first fruits is biblical, and we do this on the first uh, Sunday of each month, the first fruits. See, I'm not against tithes and offerings. That is real. It's in the Bible. Malachi says, bring your tithes and offerings to the storehouse and challenge me, test me in this. If I will not pour out, uh, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. But I believe in first fruits because the Bible says here in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, which was connected to their wealth. It was their increase. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. That means even your birthday money. That means even the windfall. That means even those little settlement checks for $20 because you were on Spotify and there was a class action lawsuit. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. And then, here's the promise. If you do this, then I, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine. So what is the first fruits? Biblically speaking, it's the best part of your offering. Because what we tend to do as Christians, and I don't do this, I don't. I quit I quit playing with God with money just about three months after I got saved. He set me straight in a minute. People were stealing from me. People were robbing from me. And he showed me, you're robbing from me. I said, what? And he taught me because nobody else did. See, the church doesn't teach enough about finances, or if they do, they they do all the games. And so we either have a poor church or a church that's being merchandised. And more of us need to teach on the kingdom aspect of money. Jesus talked about money more than he talked about anything else. There's a reason for that. So the first fruits is the best of your offerings. Giving the best you can off the first you've received. It's not about the tithe. This first fruits offering activates blessing over the rest of your finances for the rest of the month. The rest of the month, we give offerings, we give tithes, we give whatever. 
But the concept of first fruits derives from God's creation work because God created everything that exists and all creation belongs to him. Consequently, that which is first and best belongs to him and is given to him. First fruits activates your whole lump. Give the best you can give out of it. And what I like about this is it's really freedom. It's freedom because people get so hung up on the tithe. Well, that's 10, but I don't see that in the New Testament. But the first fruits, for some of you, the best you can give isn't 10%. For some of you, the best you can give is way more than 10%. It, it sets you free from this whole, and I'm not against the tithe either, but it sets you free. And it's between you and God. God knows what's the best you can give. You might have a limit on yourself that you think the best you can give is $5. And the reason why you don't see a lot of financial breakthrough is because you're not sowing the right seed. What is the right seed? The seed God tells you to sow. It's not the seed I tell you to sow. It's not the seed that some TV preacher tells you to sow. Three, $316 and you're going to activate a, a 300, three, three, you know, come on. You've seen it. Luke 6, 13, we're going to shit. Come on. It's not about the miracle soap. It's not about the, you know, the anoint special anointing oil that you can get for your offering of $1,000. Or how about the prayer shawls? Every answered prayer will always be yours if you'll sow this $1,000. That's what's wrong with the body of Christ. But you go back to the first fruits and you get your seed and you say, Lord, this is, I'm going to honor you with this because it all belongs to you. You don't have to give me any. It's only by the grace of God that we have jobs. It's only by the grace of God that we have homes. You know, there's a lot of people who don't. Did you know that? And you know why there's homeless people? It's not because they lost their job. It's because they lost their dream. It's because they allowed the enemy in their own mind to limit them that this is my best life. They lost their hope. But you woke up this morning, and most of you have jobs. If you don't, I'm going to believe for you to have one. But this first fruits concept, the Bible says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Well, when we, we give a tip to God, when we come and we, listen, I'm not condemning anybody. Hear the spirit of it. I want you to get the spirit of it. When you come and you throw a dollar in the basket and then you go out to dinner and spend $50 on your movie and your dinner, that's not honoring God. That's honoring your need for entertainment and your need for outback. And I'm not against all that. But if we're not honoring God with our finances, why should he trust us with more? And I live in this concept this is why I'm debt-free. I guess you also have to work hard. This is why I'm debt-free. This is why I own over a million dollars worth of property. This is why the ministry is so blessed. Last night, I had one of my assistants go activate all these donations. Christina activated all these donations. We're donating to Christine Kane's sex trafficking ministry, to ministries in Israel, Wayne Hillsden's ministry. We're, we're donating into Heidi Gl uh, Baker's ministry. There's about 10 different ministries that we're sowing into every month. Why? Because I understand that to be a dead sea, the Lord's not going to keep giving me more. And eventually, if I don't get more, I'll run out. And sometimes we have financial problems because we're not honoring the Lord with our finances. And I'm not, this is no condemnation on this. I'm trying to teach you because I want you to get free. I want everybody in my church to be debt-free like me. There's a debt-free anointing that's flowing from the head of this church. And I'm teaching you how I got there. And it wasn't by, uh, you know, calling psychic hotlines to get the lotto numbers. Amen. It was by sowing what God told me to sow when he told me to sow, to be obedient. So I want to give you the opportunity to sow your first fruit seed today, and then we're going to do a, uh, we're going to bless some people with some books.
But if you want to sow today, if, you need, if you're using a credit card, you need an envelope. If, or if you're giving cash, you need an envelope. If you're just using a check, you don't need an envelope because we make copies of those, the, the uh, amounts there for our records. We do keep records. But if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. If you want to use the text to give, you can do that. Pastor Austin, we're going to have to make a slide that shows the, all three ways at some point. The text to give is on the, on the uh, thing there. The cash app is dollar sign awakening H-O-P. Dollar sign awakening H-O-P. Awakening hop. And the PayPal is paypal.me slash awakening H-O-P. That's awakening hop. Online viewers, our online campus, the many thousands of you who are watching, you can donate at the big button that says donate or give or whatever it says. You'll find it. You're smart. Release your seed continually and you'll have a continual harvest. So, Father, I thank you today that we will truly honor you with the wealth and with the first fruits. That we would take you seriously to test you in this thing of giving of tithing and offering to see if you'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we can't even contain. I ask you to bless this first fruits offering. And I ask you to increase it, God. Show us. We're not trying this, God. This is our lifestyle. We're not going to do it once. And if we don't see a breakthrough tomorrow, say you're a liar because you're not a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of God that he should repent. Therefore, if you tell us to bring your first fruits and we'll have plenty, that's what we're going to do. And I thank you that you bless these first fruits offerings in the name of Jesus. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.